past ten, and it's time to welcome our man Steve Fines. Oh yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Stuff happening, eh? Nah, not much really. Not much. But stuff happened on Monday. It certainly did. It did, didn't it? So we had this, and the more you hear, the more you wonder. And I'll, I'll go no further than that. But the more you hear, the more you really do wonder what happened in Ledgeco. I was there, and what I saw at um, early in the evening, say around seven o'clock, to the surprise of everybody else who was near me, was suddenly the enormous line of cops surrounding both the legislative complex and the central government offices suddenly withdrew. So there's all these people Dinner time, standing there thinking, well, what's that all about? Meanwhile, over a period of eight hours, and let's forget this, eight hours, mm. protesters were trying to bash down the doors of LegCo Nobody from the police force was stopping them doing that, including very early on in the day when there were hardly any protesters there and it would have been quite easy for the police to come in and simply arrest them for damage to property. So what was going on? What was going on? We have Stephen Lowe, the Commissioner of Police, saying there are various reasons why the police didn't intervene. They'd, they'd seen that uh, there was a danger that the electricity might go off and, you know, they'd be operating in the dark. Well, that's a reason that doesn't stand up to any kind of uh, uh, um, credibility because, guess what? The police have mobile lighting. It's very good. Individual officers have mobile lighting. It's very good. So we'll discount that. Then there was, oh, well, the uh, protesters might have been armed. We saw some mysterious gases we couldn't identify and blah, blah, blah. The police were in full riot gear with protective clothing and breathing apparatus, which is actually entirely devised for this for eventuality. <laughs> so that didn't work. Then he goes, well, you know, it's a confined space in LegCo. But the interesting thing about the confined space is that it was a confined space in which, until the protesters broke in, all the police were there. So they were actually operating in this confined space. So, it could all be a cock-up. I always have to keep an open mind about the cock-up in policing. And the, the subsequent statements, the police really are trying to, trying to make excuses here. The subsequent statements about, oh, well, we did it for everybody's good, we showed restraint. Well, that's very nice. Maybe it's true. But the fact of the matter is that it produced a narrative which was exactly the narrative that the government wanted to tell people, which is protests equal threat to law and order. Protests are disruption of civil society. Protests inevitably are violent. Now on that day, as I think most people do know, something like half a million people marched perfectly peacefully from um, Victoria Park to Chater Gardens with hardly any policing incidentally. The, the march went much smoother than the, the other marches because the police largely withdrew. And people were self-disciplined, went from one end to the other. It took a very long time, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Now, I know by the standards of Hong Kong nowadays, half a million, you go, half a million? <laughs> Barely worth getting out of bed to look at that because, you know, when you've had a demonstration that involves a quarter of the population, half a million perhaps doesn't look so impressive. Although, if I may remind the listener, half a million is actually quite a lot of people. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> That's what people were showing off about in 2003. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Abs yes, absolutely. It's a good it's, it's a good reminder that. Mm -hmm. You know, that was considered a massive demonstration. Anyway, so now we're in a situation where 
finally, um, Carrie Lamb emerges from hiding, albeit at four o'clock in the morning, to address the press. This is Carrie Lamb, who literally hadn't been anywhere near an open microphone um, it, with with members of the media in front of her for um, for two weeks. She suddenly seemed to have a whole readily prepared statement with this narrative of it's all violence, and you know we got to we got to maintain law and order. Uh, the government then puts out an edited transcript of her remarks with, to take out all the bits without that the were juicy questions. Yeah, without all the juicy questions. And then you have all the um, pro-government legislators popping up and down, going. <laughs> the real heroes in this are people like Fernando Chung, um, uh, Charles Mock, Ch Charles Mock. Um, who else was there? I'm just trying to. Um, find my notes here yeah Lam Chuk Ting Ray Kwong who who and um Lung Yu Chung who, who who was who was knocked over they were actually standing in front of these kids and they were kids they're very young people hmm. saying do not go in I mean while these pro-government people were sitting under their tables cowering going on they were actually out there trying to stop this violence they happening. were indeed they were they were getting they were getting assaulted well particularly Leung Yuchong was and you know some credit should be given to them they understood what was happening they understood that it was an enormously bad idea and in case anybody is is doubtful about it it was not a good idea to go in and trash Lechko it was an enormously bad idea to do that it would discredit the wider movement and remember the wider movement is very very wide indeed this is at most at most a couple of thousand people, but inside the legislature were more like hundreds than thousands. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't many people at all. They tried to stop them going in. They tried to. They pleaded with them. Um, I think that um, Al Hing said, "I got down on my knees and said to them, please don't do it.'" And they just brushed him aside. So <coughs> where are we now? We've got the government busy arresting people. Great, great. Yeah, fantastic. Which that's was going to happen. That's worked fantastically well in the past as a way of doing this. We've got Carrie Lamb saying, I'm really sorry. Well, not really, but I'm sort of sorry. And what I understand is we've got to get in listening mode. So the Civil Human Rights Front, you know, call up her office and say, oh, you're in listening mode. Why don't we have a meeting? And they go, no, I'm not meeting you. Yeah. Thinking, hmm. So they're not in listening mode. They're not sorry. <clears throat> and presumably they really do think that if they arrest enough people, somehow this movement is going to go away. Hmm, I wonder whether that could possibly even vaguely be true. It's true that, that the Umbrella Movement uh, managed to inf uh, get many blows inflicted on it by arresting people, but, you know, it didn't go away, as we now know. It certainly didn't. Well, I'll tell you what I want to do. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing. I want to chuck in an email here from Jonathan, yeah. one of our listeners, and he says, a small detail, perhaps, but maybe Steve could comment on that the protesters in LegCo left Jung Yok Singh's portrait untouched whilst defacing those of Andrew Leung and Rita Fan. He said, if this was not coincidental, then it would seem to indicate a certain level of political awareness rather than vandalism for its own sake. In answering this, Steve, I would like like you just to take us through what you saw what you smelled what you witnessed just give me that picture well yeah i mean should we, should we just go to that first but i mean that that's that is interesting isn't it i mean john york singh has always been in my estimation the one of the most intelligent of the pro-government camp people he is the person who's who's saying 
um, now. Very interestingly, yes, justice must take its course. If people are convicted of criminal acts, that's fair enough. But wouldn't it be a good idea if the chief executive announced a pardon afterwards to diffuse the atmosphere? Nobody else in the pro-government camp is actually thinking this through and thinking, how do we restore harmony over the long term? Their idea of restoring harmony is to put everyone behind bars and that will somehow do the trick. So, yes, it is very interesting indeed that his portrait was not smashed. And I, the one reason why I've always had a lot of respect for, um, in fact, both of the Zhang brothers, Zhang Datsing and, and Zhang Nuxing, is they're old-time communists. No bones They given. They yeah. never joined the movement for personal benefit. They are believers. They're the real thing. And I prefer the real thing to the people who do this for their own personal benefit. And I think a lot of people understand that. You can disagree with them without... They'd like you to, I think. Well, you know, I think they understand <laughs> it. I think, well, I was going to say, you disagree with them without saying they're bad people, and they really don't think they are. I think they're very sincere people. I do disagree with them as it happens, but hey, that's how it works. <clears throat> but let's talk about the atmosphere, because it really is interesting. If you were on the big march on Sunday... And I happened to be moving along, up and down, seeing what was going on. Quite often, I found myself literally behind people with babies in slings. Now, you don't bring your baby to a demonstration if you're expecting any kind of violent kickoff. And I saw very old people. I saw very young people. I didn't see anybody who looked as if they were, you know, waiting for a bit of bother turning right off Hennessy Road into the <coughs> legislative complex over at Tamar, the atmosphere changed in one street. I mean, it was very, very tense, much quieter. There were, there were predominantly young people. I felt, I mean, it's a long time since I've been a young person, but I felt even older than I normally do. Um, it was, I would say, the average age at most was around 20 uh, could have been as high as 25. I put the average up somewhat. But it was a very different crowd. Very angry people. Not not unpleasant, I mean, but very angry. Very tense people standing around near Ledgeco. So you have got this section of the community, and I hate to hear it when they talk about their, their preparedness for martyrdom. This is really not what you want to hear. And I saw people like Nathan Law from Demosisto saying, I hope people don't acquire that mentality. And I agree with him. I hope that too. Because, you know, we've seen three suicides um, as a result of these protests. That's So Yellow Mac Man was a suicide? <clears throat> well, apparently he left a note. So okay. it does, okay. does appear to be the it case. It took a while for that to come out. <clears throat> it did, yeah. Um, so, you know, we know that um, there is a very febrile atmosphere very dangerous atmosphere out there. And, you know, the government seem to honestly think that all they need to do is shut up, put a few people in jail, problem solved. I don't know where on earth anybody would believe that was even vaguely the way to go about things. Even now, the pro-Democrats in LegCo are saying, can we have a meeting with you? No. No. Can we find another way of conducting LegCo business? Which, 
you know, seems to me a reasonable thing to say because the government keeps saying, well, you know, we've got all these important things sitting in the pipeline that can't go through. And they're going, no. We had a message last week at about this time <coughs> from somebody who we just described as a senior police officer. He was saying, yeah, management problems, etc., etc. Uh, once again, we arrest rioters, those who commit criminal damage, etc., not in the hope that they go away, but because they've committed criminal acts. And I think, sir... His question is, why didn't you do it when the blokes were trying to put a, a ram through the window? Yeah, that, that is exactly my point. I mean, early in the, in the earlier part of the day, there was not a very large um, crowd in front of the Legislative Council building. In fact, it was tiny. And if they had seen people engaged in criminal damage, which they were, I mean, I understand what, what, what this, this um, police officer is saying. <laughs> there are criminal... Yeah, Criminal no question, on, on paper, that's, but that's there's, what, there's timing. That's what, that's, what, that's what the police are there for. Yes. My question is not, why did they arrest people, but why didn't they arrest people and give the opportunity for this enormous carnage in Legco? Still in with Steve Vines. Before we move on, I want to say hi to Douglas, who put a little message on our Morning Brew Facebook page. Steve, Douglas says... I'm surprised by delusionals on both sides who think the LegCo Stormers or PLA or Yunlong Triads hired to do so police, while um, established fools are still saying foreign forces are causing the trouble. He says, restore harmony with justice and security, secretary resignations, new cabinet, question mark, question mark. He says, pardons are also a good idea. And then he says, Jung Yok Singh for CE, question mark. Well, we have, we, we've, we've done that, haven't we? He, yeah. he, he was um, a contender before. He said I no, mean, didn't he? I, I, well, I don't know whether he said yes or no. I think what he, actually he happened was <laughs> is that the bosses who control this so-called election, you know, the 1,200 people, two-thirds of whom do exactly what they're told, yeah. looked around they said, you know that Jung Yok Singh fella? He might not be as compliant as we really like. We want someone <coughs> who, who, when we say jump, you know, first reaction, how high? Yep, I've got another one here. It's just turned up from Justin. This is on our Facebook page, so you can read it as much as you like. This is the, the quote, violent protesters who, with their attack on LegCo on Monday, have created a no-win situation and most likely a rod for the back of the Hong Kong people. As a result of this violent attack, any future agreement between the Hong Kong government and the people risks being seen as a direct result of the violence that took place on Monday. He's put a question mark there. No civilised government should condone violence of this sort. Ask yourself. If a splinter group with a political agenda were to break into the British Parliament and cause disruption on a similar scale, would this not be seen as social disorder that risks overall anarchy? Yeah, I mean, the, the, these are all valid points. And the point that, <laughs> that, that Douglas was making earlier about, you know, were, were these protesters infiltrated? I think the simple answer is we don't know that. You know, so, just Justin's message here makes me think of that great little quote, the last person to enter Parliament in the UK with honest intentions was Guy Fawkes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he was a foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> Guido. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know. I mean, there, there can be endless speculation about what were the motives, who they were, were they falling into a trap set for them by the police or more likely a trap set for them by the central government who ordered the police to do this. I mean, you can go on about this. What you do know, and this is where I'm slightly worried about the response of some of the Democrats, is it was a thoroughly bad idea to <coughs> trash the legislature. What you do know 
is that it, it helps the narrative of people who want to crush this movement. There is that theory going around the rumour that it's all a set-up, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Was it, was it, was it uh, incompetence? Was it a trap? We don't was know. It, we don't know. We don't know. But it's all there. But, but I think it's a mistake for the, um, and I know why they're doing it, for some of these um, Dems in LegCo to say, oh, we're not going to criticise these protesters some of that is because they're absolutely petrified of being outflanked by um, by a new generation of younger and more exciting protesters. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, the boat has already gone out on that one. You've been outflanked. Yeah. There's no point in, in thinking that's going to change. Some of them genuinely think that <coughs> creating divisions in the democratic movement is not helpful at this particular time. Well, it's the most organised they've been in quite a long time. Exactly. Isn't it? So I think that, that the reality is those divisions do exist. Mm. And you've got to speak on behalf of the overwhelming millions of people who've joined the protests. This is a small rump. They are not the majority. And I would hope that the representative Democratic camp would say, look, <coughs> these people don't represent us. We're with the millions who march peacefully. We're with the people who show self-restraint, yep. who show dignity in protest. I would like to see them say that. You know, uh, as we were talking about before the break, I mean, there were individual legislators standing outside the Legislative Council but from the, the democracy camp who were doing their best to stop all this happening. Yeah. So in the aftermath, I think you've got to say, those aren't our people. I'm sorry. They they did what they did. They're not us. And they're not the majority of protesters. Now you've got, and Douglas alluded to this, you've got the usual, you know, Tung Chi Wa was at it the other day. Uh, there was a central organiser to this. Oh, Tungy babes. You so don't understand what was going on. How could there be? I mean, look, <laughs> there wasn't. I mean, I can assure Steve, him. How? I mean, always. Well, because what they want to be. That's what, the what, paragraph the he's missing. To, the paragraph, the, the next paragraph is. I have a pretty shrewd idea that this is foreign intervention. You know, never, we're, still, we're still back with C.Y. Leung, who has irrefutable evidence that the Umbrella Movement was organised by foreigners, evidence that he has, as I keep and repeating, then they say the word never managed to... Never managed. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He said it was irrefutable evidence. He's uh -huh. never managed to produce this irrefutable evidence. But we're, the same narrative is, is up again. Why do they have this narrative? One is... People like Tung Chi Wa, Si Mai Leung, have contempt for the people of Hong Kong. They don't believe they can organise themselves. Number two, the paranoia of foreigners is entirely derived from the Communist Party's playbook. Everything would be all right if foreigners would just keep their nose out of our business. Well, you know, I mean... <laughs> Goodness it is sake. today, in fact. <laughs> it is Jeremy today. Hunt. Well, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to go to Britain and realise they're so preoccupied with Brexit that they can barely think about what's going on in Derbyshire, let alone in Hong Kong. Oh, Hong Kong! Do you speak Japanese? Yes, That's exactly, exactly. So I think we can, we can, uh, yeah. we can, we can lightly dispose of that load of nonsense. But I mean, the other thing that Tung said, which, which you've got to, you've got to love him in a way because he's so out of it. He says, "You know what this is." <coughs> and I made a mistake when I was chief executive. I encouraged liberal studies in schools. It's liberal studies that have led to this. What is it? What he means is, it's not the propaganda studies. It's not national education, no, which oh, is what was, he wanted. That was another it, one, wasn't exactly, it? Exactly, that was what he wanted. 
he wanted a firm program of national education, which which in 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 English is called propaganda. Yeah, he thinks liberal it called, studies. It was called RE when I went to school. <laughs> yes, there was another form of propaganda. Well, they still have that here as well. All these church schools, um, religious education. For anybody who missed that, um, what they're worried about, of course, is free thinking. They think free thinking is a terrible thing. Well, they may have a point. <laughs>